Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, October the 19th in 2020 on Rise. We're currently in year A and starting year A, proper week 25, which is the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. And on Mondays, we like to get it started in the Old Testament. So we'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. It's strange, but we went from the end of Exodus towards the end of Deuteronomy with nothing in between. So we'll see what the text has for us there. So I'll read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along its theme. So thanks for making this part of your morning and winter rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is facing Jericho. And God showed him all the land, Gilead to Dan, and all of Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah to the far sea, and to the Negev, and the plain, and the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, to Zoar. And God said to him, This is the land I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I'll give it to your seed. I've caused you to see it with your eyes, but you won't cross here. And Moses, God's servant, died there in the land of Moab by Yahweh's mouth. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. And no man knows his burial place to this day. And Moses was 120 years old at his death. His eye was not dim, and his vitality had not fled. And the children of Israel mourned Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. And the days of weeping, the mourning of Moses, ended. And Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. And the children of Israel listened to him, and they did as God commanded Moses. And a prophet did not rise again in Israel like Moses, whom God knew face to face, with all the signs and the wonders that God sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land. And with all the strong and with all the great fear that Moses made before the eyes of all of Israel. This is the word of God for us. I don't know if our culture allows us to think much of our end. Have you ever been in a conversation with a group of friends? And uh, whether you're young or whether you're old or whether there's a mixture of people, whenever someone brings up the possibility of death or like a loved one preparing to die or a person that we all know going into hospice, usually the conversation kind of winds down or somebody tries to pivot to a different topic because we don't like to talk about the end. Uh, The end is mixed with sadness, it's mixed with grief. You probably have been to a funeral service before where there's maybe a mixture of both, a bit of celebration about a life that's well lived but also a sense of loss because uh, that person has left us, and as uh, one of my favorite pastors, Dave Sheber, always prayed at funerals, uh, you know, the circle of relationships has been broken, and the people left there are left holding hands knowing that somebody is missing. And so here is the end of Moses. Moses uh, was disqualified from going to the promised land because uh, he acted out of unfaith, maybe out of his own ego at a couple different points in their wilderness journeys. So here God gives him a kindness. He allows him to climb to the top of Mount Nebo, to look out at all the promised land and see it from afar and to envision what it's going to be like for his people to inhabit that land and for Moses to see, you know, from a distance what all of his hard work and his faithfulness and his dedication was amounting to. What I love here is that, yeah, there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of, man, Moses um, missed out on something. Uh, 
But then there's this litany of affirmation about Moses um, here at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And if we see something, a peculiar statement, uh, I don't know who's listening to this, so we won't go too deep into the detail here. But uh, verse 7 says, And Moses was 120 years old at his death. His eye was not dim, and his vitality had not fled. I'll just put it this way. There's something else going on there. (laughs) In the original language, I'll leave it up to your own imagination, right? Uh, But it talks about how much the children of of Israel wept uh, for a long, long period of time. And Moses' training of Joshua does yield much fruit because Moses was able to prepare him and to lay his hands upon him. And the spirit of Moses and the spirit of wisdom rested upon Joshua as he led the next chapter. Verse 10 ends with this great affirmation. And, no, and a prophet did not rise again in Israel like Moses. He was unique. He was the idealized human figure, as you say in biblical studies. And so Moses reaches his end. So yes, there's a bit of a mixture in the closing of Moses. One, he missed an opportunity. But when all was said and done, a full 120 years. And just to paraphrase, he still had a lot left in the tank. And what a way to desire an end. Um, and I think that when we see the trajectory of, of a life, we tend to have, and this is what a lot of uh, spiritual thinkers think, is that the first, you know, your life is in two halves. First half can either be something where there is success and there's achievement and there's uh, progress and afford advancement that then leads to a second part of life, which leads to more wisdom instead of success and metrics. Or the other way around, where first half of life, there's a sense of loss, um, there's a lack of identity, and then identity is built in the second part of life so that we can cross the finish line knowing we've achieved our task. And so I just want to say to you, brother and sister in Christ, um, just like Moses, we're going to have a complex picture about us. There's going to be times and episodes of our life where we we achieve more than what has seemed to be possible, okay? There's going to be blessing heaped up on our life, things that we deserve and do not deserve because God is going ahead of us, right? And He is being partial to us. And there are episodes in our life where there's a miss, where there is diminishing, where there was a mistake, where there was a misstep, where there was a loss, a profound loss. Um, But at the end of it all, God uses it all. He uses the climbing and he uses the falling. It all belongs. And so if you're in a place of lowliness, you're in the shade and the shadow of grief, of loss, of decision-making that hasn't panned out, a risk that you took that hasn't panned out, know that God is going to use whatever he's doing within you right now in the midst of this season. For those of us who are in the sunny side of life, we're climbing and it seems like we're at ease, like we're able to bound up steps, right? And we're climbing and we have had this acceleration upwards. Um, it's not that to put terror in our heart, but just to know that those, those seasons fit well with the paradox of the low seasons that either came before it or this it sure is gonna be uh, after it. And so just like Moses, it all belongs. And so I want us to be comforted today that no matter where we find ourselves, we're not too far ahead, we're not too far behind, we're exactly where God wants us. And be comforted in this moment that He's with us, that His presence will go with us, just like God was with Moses. I'm going to pray a comforting prayer today that you and I, as we meet this day, no matter where we find ourselves, down at base camp or up at the summit, uh, that we can turn our face towards God 
and be thankful. Have hearts that are grateful for all that God has done and will continue to do in our lives. So let's pray together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that it all belongs. And I thank you that the crowds in the area of the Decapolis, when you ministered to them, their reaction was, he does all things well. God, we thank you that you do all things well for us. You answer our prayers. You lead us and guide us. Your still small voice convinces us of the next faithful step. And so, God, this day, I pray for my brothers and sisters who find themselves at the top, at the summit, where things are just going well, where they got the bid, they got the job, they secured the promotion. Uh, Their children are uh, on the track that they had always envisioned for them. Um, Relationships are thriving. Uh, There's plenty in the bank. Bills are being paid. There's more than enough. God, I pray for them in this season. It's that they would know that uh, you have sustained them and you have allowed all these blessings to come to them and that they would give you praise for it. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters at the bottom who are in the valley, in the shadow where it's cold, it's dark, there's uncertainty, there's fear, there's dread. There seems to be threats everywhere. God, I pray that you would convince each of us who might be there that you are with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you're the God who uh, allow, makes the darkness to light again, that you turn ashes into beauty, that nothing is too difficult for you. So God, I pray that you would sustain the weary heart this morning. So be with us in the high place and the low place. Be our God. Allow us to be your people. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.